Non-fungible tokens in gaming are impressively dumb. So when I was talking to Mudahar, we had a small disagreement about the likely longevity of NFTs, right? I was very pessimistic because while they're clearly very dumb, it seems that there are enough dumb people to not be willing to let this fad pass and for us to move into hopefully something better. One of the biggest problems with NFTs is that you don't actually own an item, right? It's like on the blockchain, you have like string of numbers, let's just say, right? And it connects to some other place and in this, there is something, whatever it is. And so you don't own whatever this is. You don't own this JPEG. The JPEG isn't on the blockchain with this address that you own. You just own this address. This is what you own. You, you own the idea that you own whatever is here. So whoever controls this place where this item is stored can change it to whatever the fuck they want. And you can't be like, oh, but, but, but uh, my item. No, you don't own the item. You own what's here. That's it. The, block, the blockchain cannot store an item. It doesn't store JPEGs and shit. You own whatever's in this box that is controlled by someone else. But worse than this, this address here thing is unique. It is exclusive. You can, no one else can have another one that is exactly this. It is exclusive to you. This is yours. But another person can create a different NFT that links to another place where something is stored. And in that storage, the exact item can be. The exact fucking item. They're, they're still unique. They're exclusive because you have the exclusive access to what's in this box. This person has exclusive access to what's in this box. There was only one of this in the universe and will only ever be one. But what's at the location is a duplicate of something else. You're purchasing a receipt to the idea that you own this location in some central authority. And if this authority, this place where items are stored goes down, you have nothing. You, you still exclusively own this, but it connects nowhere. You own this string of digits, but, there's, but the, where the thing was stored is gone. It's, it's valueless. And so hypothetically speaking, someone else could create some new store or a new game and say, if you have this thing, I'm willing to let you have this item on my new place. But no one has to do that. And no one has a reason to do that because they're much better off saying, hey, you should buy a new NFT that connects to this address that has the same item again. Because they because they have no reason to give you access to something on their, their the place that they control. Because they, they just lose the ability to sell you stuff. Like I, I put it this way on Twitter. People keep talking about bringing NFTs into games. And it's just dumb. It's really dumb. How could NFTs in games be more valuable when the devs can produce an infinite amount of any item and that item is only usable within that game? If you have a skin in CSGO or an NFT of a skin, it has the exact same usability and scarcity, both of which Valve can destroy tomorrow. How are NFT skins centralized or giving gamers additional control? The devs control the value of your item, and if their game fails, you have nothing. Same as skins without NFTs. Just seems to be a needless addition to scam more people by convincing people skins have more value. The idea that every company will waste manpower to make it so their competitors' assets, an infinite amount, work in their game is absurd. Ignoring copyright, your assets would be less secure because it isn't only Valve that can print a thousand dragon skin NFTs, fucking anyone could. Why would companies knowingly give up control of their in-game marketplaces or give up exclusive ability to make assets in their game and sell them? Don't be fucking stupid. They're shoving the word NFTs on stuff to get people to buy more thinking it's an investment. Like legit, people sincerely believe 
that we're going to move into an area where if you own an address, and in that address is one of the hypothetical infinite dragon skin CF CSGO skins, that other companies are going to be like, oh, you want to use a skin that you've paid us no money for within our game? Don't worry, champ. Frank, can you program it in so this skin works and somehow makes sense within our universe that its damage values and stuff actually make sense within our game? And, well, okay, it makes no sense. We're, we, we're a dark, gloomy world, and that's like a vibrant red and yellow skin, so it doesn't make sense for our atmosphere. But fuck it. Do it anyway, Frank. It will take you a while, yeah, but that's fine. We're making no money off this, but that's okay. And so the, the, the devs come and go, okay, hey, guys, we've got our own skins that we're sending now. And the, and the player base goes, I've already bought 50 skins in a different game. I've given them money. I've got, I've got my NFTs and my skins from that game. And I'm just going to relocate my, my skins to, to your game and give you no money. Thank you for taking the time to make it so my skins work in your game, by the way. I'm going to give you no money. Because when a new game comes out, there is a very tiny amount of skins. And that makes it so that companies can sell those skins. Because everyone wants to look cool. But in a hypothetical reality, where everyone's skins are NFTs and they work between games, there is now, whenever a game comes out, billions of skins. Just billions upon billions. And so there's gonna be no reason for anyone to buy skins in the new game, because they already have a thousand skins from all the games that they've played. No company would willingly sink themselves this way. That is dumb. That is really dumb. One of the things that most keeps people playing these microtransaction games is the idea that if they go somewhere else, they lose all their value. They're like, oh no! If I stop playing World of Warcraft, I'm gonna lose all these items. All this time I spent getting this particular cool looking mouse, it's gonna go. I best keep playing World of Warcraft. But these people sincerely believe that companies, large companies, are gonna make it so that your World of Warcraft mount will work in other places. Blizzard's gonna be like, don't worry guys, fuck copyright. Yeah, you guys can just use the mounts and stuff in any game you want. Oh, you want to stop playing our game and take all your value elsewhere? No worries, champ. We don't want you playing the game anyway. That's dumb. That is so fucking dumb. My New Year's resolutions. My New Year's resolutions care less about what other creators are doing and stop complaining about React content and just make React content. Actually, I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. I don't, I don't think I'm going to be able to like make myself become that immoral. But little bits. Do more media share. Put a toe over that immoral line as opposed to, you know, just directly ripping off other people's videos and uploading them to a YouTube channel. Don't think I can do that. But that toe over the line thing, I'm going to, going to give that a go. You know, maybe a few years down the line, I'll become uh, even less moral and I can start murdering people or something. That's the progression, right? You go from reactor to literal murder. Seems the logical progression. In New Year's resolutions, be a less good person. Get corrupted by the system. More so than I already have. Oh, you want me to show you fireworks? Uh, fireworks. Wow. And people like, uh, all along here, all along here, all along here and stuff, watching all this stuff. I'm pretty sure I've been for New Year's once or twice in my life. Then it's all over. And the people are like, woo, yeah! My chat being cringe when I raided a female streamer. A raid on Twitch being a thing where all your viewers are automatically put in another person's channel. So yesterday, I raided Fasfi, who is a female streamer. And there was like five or six people 
who are super goddamn cringe. Like, even if you have hundreds of people just being chill, when you have five or six people saying really cringe shit, it stands out so fucking badly. Like, I, I, I cringe so much that I had to ban them from my channel. I guess I haven't rated that many female streamers in my time on Twitch. I mean, there's not that many around, and I don't really know that many people, so. But it's a weird experience. Yesterday, you mean last year? Yes. Technically, it was in the year 2021. Remember when YouTube comments had dislikes? Why does YouTube no longer show dislike count? Do you guys remember the day that YouTube stopped showing dislikes on comments? And the dislike button just on comments stopped doing anything? And everyone just kind of forgot about it. And like, it was not really that important. Yeah, as on Twitter, like, there's no dislike functionality. People just kind of like, eh, you know? And I guess YouTube thought it'd be the same way with dislikes for videos. But I mean, dislikes on videos serve a different purpose on YouTube compared to any other website. And the more they're actually relied upon for things where comments less important, especially because not everyone even reads the comments anyway. I think YouTube uh, underestimated pe the, the backlash and how much people are going to care. But humans, you know, we they, they adapt. You know, we'll, uh, it's not the end of the world. The emotional damage meme. Emotional damage! I love that meme. I love that dude. You guys know the meme I'm talking about? Emotional damage! That meme, is that's a shitty quality version. You know that guy? I love his other one where he goes, I will send you to Jesus. Probably going to use emotional damage in our pacifist. That meme is fire right now. And they've even got a beat to it. Emotional damage. And so it's just a bunch of people like, being like, oh, it's just a Disney movie. How could it, it couldn't be that bad. And then they like flash a bunch of the most emotionally soul crushing things in Disney. But if you close your Emotional damage. Emotional damage. Emotional damage. Emotional damage. I kind of talked it up a little bit, chat. It's, it's, a, it's a beat, you know? The impact of spoilers on enjoyment of content. The new Spider-Man movie is so fucking good. It's unfortunate I won't be able to see it for months because it's not going to get on uh, Disney Plus or whatever. I got spoiled for the entire plot because of YouTube and people filming in the theater. So I have heard secondhand about studies. I trust the source reporting on it, but apparently, as you might expect, spoilers are not like universally detrimental to the experience of seeing a movie. For some movies, knowing what's going to happen is... uh better. For others, not so. It also depends on the person. What I mean is, it's possible by having it spoiled, wouldn't have really changed how much you would enjoy the movie. Or maybe made it better. Who knows? Stop talking about the movie. I haven't seen it. I don't care. So, I'll give you an example. Silver, you in chat? It was the deciding match of the semi-final of Heroes of Might Magic 3, the World Championship, and I, w I said, uh, oh, I'm going to be watching it later. And Silver's like, oh man, it was, it was a nail-biter or something, and like, the ending was such a surprise. And so, for the entire time I watched it, I was like, is that the surprise? Is that the surprise? Is this the thing? No, it can't be the thing. Is this the thing? Maybe. Like, the, the thing was so back and forth. Like, he was in the lead, then he was in the lead. I'm like, oh, this must be the thing. Like, the, the thing where it's like, oh my god, I can't believe that. No, it wasn't a thing. And that's all I was thinking about the entire time. No, you said, you said something, you said something about the nature of the game. Where it was an upset or something, or you didn't see the ending coming, or surprising or something. Yes, yeah, so I was constantly looking for the thing that was the surprise. It wasn't that big of a spoiler, so, but it did impact my the way that I enjoyed it, you know? Where was I during the year 2000 and the turn of the millennium? 
I still vaguely remember the year 2000 at my um, friends, the family sort of house. And uh, I was just playing with um, sparklers. Sparklers are these little firework things that you hold that shoot off sparks. And I missed the countdown, I think. And they're like, oh, yeah, you, you, you missed the countdown. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Got my sparklers. Sparklers fucking cool. <laughs> I was nine years old. Like, I didn't give a shit. I have become less picky with food. What other drinks do I like aside from Coke and Pepsi? I'll drink fucking anything, man. I've reached this point in my life where I've kind of gotten over being picky of food. Like, in my early life, I was very picky of food. I, I don't know why. But, like, today, for example, I saw that my red rooster roll that I was purchasing had tomato on it. Years passed, maybe even just a couple of years ago, I would have picked off the tomato. Now I'm just like, fuck it. And I eat it. This is my mother's. I took a bite into a gingerbread cookie. A few years ago, I would have been like, oh, get this fuck away from me. It tastes terrible. Now I'm like, oh, this tastes shit. And I just kept eating it. I just don't care. If I went somewhere and I was fed something that I passionately disliked, I'd just be like, eh, whatever. It is a superpower that I have now, to me, in a way, that I can't remember tastes after I finish eating something. Can't imagine or remember them. So I'm like, sure, I may not be enjoying this right now, but like give it, you know, 10 minutes and I wouldn't even remember what it tastes like. Bongo Cat has a YouTube channel. Bongo Cat has a YouTube channel? Really? They're still releasing them? <laughs> That's insane. The meme is still alive. Getting some decent views too. That's crazy. It's not even uh, copyrighted. It's crazy. My Far Cry 6 stream. Uh, I streamed the new Far Cry as a sponsored thing. Uh, I do not think Ubisoft was happy with me. Because um, I had tech issues that were likely related to... Um, my overclock. I mean, in my defense, it's not my fault that if you overclock your GPU, it, it has issues with the game. But, you know, I mean, it's what any enthusiast does. You have the same tech issues? Yeah, because you probably overclock your GPU. Like, it came out later that it happened to a lot of people. Thousand IQ React content plan. It'd be very funny if, like, you, you became even lazy as a lazy as a reactor. So you just, like, generated, like, a thousand different reactions and kept yourself fairly still during all of them. And then you gave that to editors and just said, look, find YouTube videos and put me reacting on those videos. So you'd be there and go, ha, that's so funny. And then like, it would zoom away from your camera and show the video, and then it would zoom back and it would show the same thing again. <laughs> I wonder how long you get away with that. Viewership of my editing streams versus sleep streams. Why the hell you only have 1k viewers now and one chick on Twitch have 9k now just by sleeping? I'm basically just sleeping on stream right now, dude. I'm going through footage. The idea that 1k people are willing to have me as their background noise doing this is pretty fucking cool. Sleep streams have been allowed on Twitch for a very long time. They once upon a time were banned. Maybe, maybe they were allowed from like 2018 maybe? I don't think sleep streams were specifically banned. It was that you had to have a person check on the stream within a certain duration. Like, you couldn't just leave it for hours on end. And so sleeping violated that, of course. Did getting a psychology degree make me more empathetic? This topic was begun with a viewer question. 
Do you think your psychology degree caused you to become more empathetic? Once I got a hold of the subject, I began taking people's actions less personally, as certain behavioral actions are outside of our control. What I'm asking is, did the subject have a similar effect on you? The funny thing about doing a degree is the lines blur between what you learned as a part of your course and your already existent beliefs or things you've picked up elsewhere. Like if I say something about human behavior or the mind or something, people go, well, Dark Viper has a degree in psychology. So I guess this must just be something he picked up from his course. It might be possible I picked it up somewhere else. And I just don't know, you know? So like I can think back to being at Coles and I remember talking to Andrew and he was talking about this guy who was being an arsehole. And I'm like, hey, but you know, you know his history, right? Well, like his parents are alcoholics and shit. Some other things about this guy. And it's like, I, I given that environment, you. you it's not that big of a surprise that he's, you know, not doing well and potentially acts like a jerk, or whatever. And, um, like, I, al I always had those kind of thoughts, thinking about people's environments and how they influence people's behaviors. More being prone to attribute people's bad behavior or um, bad life circumstances to failures of their environment as opposed to, uh, I guess, failures of their genetics. Like some internal core, it's just, you know, they exist in a bad environment and therefore they act bad. If they existed in a different environment, they would act good. Learning more about psychology just kind of affirmed those ideas about the world. And I sincerely believe that if everyone took a psych course, even just like the surface indisputable sort of stuff, you'd become more empathetic as a person because you'd have a better understanding of how people are constructed within a society. You'd start to think about why people are as they are. People make statements like, oh, they're just lazy. And you ask them like, why are they lazy? And they go, well, well, they just are. No, no, seriously, why, why is one person more or less lazy than another? We can both agree that being less lazy leads to a better life. You're more productive. You, your circumstances will be more secure if you work towards your future and whatnot. Why is one person more or less lazy than another? And if you talk long enough, it eventually comes down to aspects of environments that leads to different experiences or aspects of genetics. Neither of these things are in a person's control. And even though the consequences of a person's laziness do not change. The reality of the circumstances is what it is. It's not like you can suddenly just rely upon a potentially lazy person to, to be productive, um, but you often end up pitying them more than simply hating them for their behavior, right? You deal with the reality of the circumstances, but you don't deal with it with a sense of dislike of the person or, or hating them for failing society in some way. Like a person who is living a bad life is a failure of society to me as opposed to a failure of them. As I say, man, if I had been born in different circumstances, I'd be a different person, maybe a worse person, maybe less productive. But of course, this kind of way of thinking can lead you down a path of never seeking self-improvement where you're just like, oh, my environment's shit and it's always been shit and my life sucks and nothing's ever gonna get better. You go, oh man, the world's stacked against me. I can't ever possibly succeed. So why even try? It's been said by people far smarter than me that it's actually an asset to believe that you can succeed irrespective of how likely you are to succeed. As in, if you always believe you're gonna succeed, you're gonna try and persevere. Where a person who doesn't believe they can succeed, irrespective of their actual likelihood, isn't gonna try, or is gonna be less motivated to try. Regardless of your circumstances, you are better off being optimistic and trying, at least within reasonable levels. I don't mean like you should become $100,000 in debt chasing some dream, but 
it is clear that there are many different things that you can do to improve your circumstances. The biggest barrier is usually knowledge of how to improve your circumstances. If you have a good environment, that knowledge is just all around you. In other successful people who you can model yourself after, after or people you can directly speak to, or you go to educational institutions from childhood to uh, adulthood, whether it be college or whatever, that kind of groom you with information about how to achieve in your environment. Not everyone has this, but we have the internet and stuff these days. If you are in a rut, you can't find something to do with yourself, and you want to improve, there are places you can go to seek information to better your life. It's a matter of identifying problems and seeking solutions with the wonder that is the internet. I do this too sometimes. Complaining about problems that you aren't actively working to try to solve is a complete waste of fucking time. May make you feel better to yell at the world, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much you yell, things aren't going to improve. Like when I rant and rave about React content and stuff, that is the world that exists. I'm not going to be able to change it. So complaining about it is fairly pointless, except that it makes content. No amount of complaining about how unfair the world is, is going to change it and make it fair. You just got to work with the world as it is and potentially where you can seek to improve things for others as well as yourself, you know. Hashtag free Ross. It's always funny when someone asks a stupid question. I ignore it. And I get to see how many times they'll ask it, even though it's obvious I'm ignoring it. It's funny. So I'll just ban Ross, please. And man is not taking hints. Get him out of my stream. Free Ross? Where? A whole Ross for free? That's crazy value. He didn't do nothing. He was he asked the same question six times and talked about how he loves arson. What, what do you mean? What do you mean? If you ignore all the things that he did, he didn't do nothing. Your Honor, sure we could talk all day about all the people that my client murdered, but we're not talking about all the people he didn't murder. When you think about it, there were seven billion people on this planet and he only murdered ten of them. That's not that many in the grand scheme of things. He's a hard worker. He could have got way more if he was if he was really interested in it. Your Honor, I think he deserves some leniency. If you ignore the people that he killed, he didn't kill no one. Yes, I do uh, practice as a lawyer when I'm not streaming, guys. I'm pretty good, right? Missing out on going to a New Year's Eve party. He says, well, his COVID cases are out of control. Absolutely. Basically, everyone has COVID. Except me, because I'm in my bunker. For all I know, one of the delivery people has given it to me by now, but I've had no evidence that I've had COVID throughout the pandemic. And certainly given that I have Hashimoto's, uh, I probably would have at least some evidence had I caught it. I was invited to a New Year's party for the first time in 8 billion years. And uh, everyone caught COVID, so I couldn't go. I did get to do a Christmas party because we, uh, we did an early Christmas party on like the 14th. And the 14th was like the day where like the next day... COVID cases explode. Be sure to like the video and subscribe to my channel. It costs you nothing and I wish you all the best.